Hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Beefmaster Banner. Uh, we are your host, Josh Morrison and Jared Strickland. How you doing, Jared? I'm doing good. How about you? Doing good. Hoping for some rain. It's awful dry around here. Yeah, it's raining here right now. We've been, been fortunate to get some rain. Well, hopefully it'll come this way. Um, we got a few sales to go over real quick. Um, we've got the springtime in Texas sale. There were 53 total lots, uh, totaled $139,150. Uh, and the average was 26, 25, 47. Uh, the high seller ended up going to Rick Seeker with a high price of $8,500 for his bull. Uh, the genetics on that was swing and be looking back looking back and then uh time swinging be rose of my heart congratulations to him that was a good sale the only other one right now we have to go over was the windy hills that was a full dispersal um they sold a lot of stuff so if i if we get this wrong or if somebody sees something different always let us know but what i what i counted was 73 purebred lots come to a total of two hundred sixty nine thousand nine hundred dollars looks like it averaged about thirty six ninety seven twenty six and the high seller there was a uh, cow uh, brought $11,000, and that was a McAllister times a black Shanrock black ruby. And that was sold as a pair. So I don't remember what the calf was, but that was sold as a pair. Mm-hmm. Um, so good sales. Um, nothing, nothing to complain about on them for sure. Um, but tonight we have uh, Ty Agee here of TA Beefmasters. Um, how you doing, Ty? Doing well. How are y'all guys? Doing great. Doing great. Glad to have you. Glad to have you. Um, so just tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, tell us, tell us where you're, you know, where you're from. Just tell us, uh, how long you've been in the breed. Good deal. Um, I'm actually, I currently live in Bartlett. Um, I'm actually from a community about 80 miles north of here called Dyersburg, uh, my family on both sides raised cows, uh, also had dirt work businesses and row crop. Uh, so I grew up in this. Um, I am married, got three boys. Um, we have, we operate a, a totally registered herd. Right now we have had commercial cows in the past, but right now just strictly registered. I, I switched over to registered in 1997. Um, had a commercial herd with my grandfather up to that point before I switched completely out. So it's been many moons. I've, I've been doing this. Beef masters has been good to you then, huh? Yes, sir. I I absolutely love the breed. Well, uh, since we're kind of talking about your cattle, uh, you got, uh, I know you, uh, especially seen on Facebook and some ads, uh, Tell us a little bit about what you got, uh, some of the bulls you're running, and, and if you got any favorite cows that, that's in your herd, and I'll be maybe glad some to. on them. Sounds good. Right now, predominantly uh, running four bulls, which actually I've got a calf crop out of Master Link, and Master Link's gone. Uh, that was a Laramore bull that, uh, that I shared with Ronnie Teague that he had gotten out of the Texoma sale. Um, I'm using Big Tex, uh, the TA-913 bull, and Coverboy, Coverboy being the main bull at this point. I'll probably have to switch gears next year because I have so many females out of him. Um, Coverboy and Big Tex are actually half-brothers. Uh, they've got the same sire. Uh, it's a 
Lissy bull uh, goes back to Maverick and goes uh, back to some hilltop breeding on the top. Uh, the only difference is, is cover boys, 1202 Frenzel cows. It goes back to foundation breeding and uh, free and Frenzel breeding on the bottom. Uh, Big Tex actually is uh, out of the 0824 cow um, and was bred by Derek Frenzel. So all those are beef on forage bulls. Um, I've had, except for TA913, which I raised, he actually is out of a LL game changer. I know there's two game changers. Clark's got one and Laramore's got one. Uh, the LL game changers out of a double L and out of a uh, TA uh, cow, 313 cow. Um, the, he, the TA913 bull, I'm really high on. He's in... I think seven of the EPDs, he's in the top 20%. He's top 1% for ribeye, 1% weaning, uh, top four for yearling. Uh, he's He checks off all the things. Now we've just got to get some calves grown and see what he can really do. Uh, real excited about him. Uh, I'm partnered with Coverboy with Jeff Lumen. I'm partnered with Big Tex with uh, – Jerry Thomas. Uh, Jared Gentry is partnered with me and bought in half on the 913 bull. Um, in regards to cows, uh, there's one cow in my herd that stands out as actually 913's mom. That's the uh, 6427 cow. Uh, she's a multi-sired uh, laster cow. She's a 2006 model. Uh, she's raised two beef on forage bulls. She has worked with any bull that I put her with, whether it be the 220 Jack bull I had out of double L or 226 or cover boy or big Tex or master link. She's just hit, hit the home run every single time. Um, the thing about her was, is just the longevity, uh, which I think is how you make money in the, in the beef industry is, is these cows, these good beef master cows will last forever. Uh, and with that, I get a good udder. Uh, she, she maintains her flesh well. And once again, you get a calf about every, if you wanted to, you could leave a bull out there year round and probably get a calf every 11 months, but, uh, she's backed up as far as she can go. She, she would have a calf every 11 months, but she's super fertile. And like I say, the longevity is very important to me. Uh, but those, those cows stand out. That cow, it's, it really stands out in my mind being the best thing I've got. Good deal. Longevity is a big thing that I don't know that it's talked about enough. Ty. I, I, that is probably to me, one of the most important things. And I, I think sometimes maybe we take that for granted, um, right. you know, and not meaning to, but I, I think that is a very important quality in a cow. Sure. Some of y'all listening out there, you know, I've always, or lots of folks, especially guys that's been doing this a long time, you know, you, you build build them herds off of those good cows, and y'all gonna be writing these numbers down at sixty four twenty seven, right, Ty? Yes, sir. Something like that come through a sale, you need to be looking at it. Well, and and you know that a, a lot of that, you know, the, the things that intrigue me is is like Elbar's program. You know, they 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 preach that, and 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 they their cattle will last forever and ever. And and I like I say once again, I believe in my heart that's the way you end up with that that money is you you keep have those cows i have several cows that are 15 16 17 years old still producing and um if you don't let them lay down on you you know you you really 
you hit a home run with those kind of cattle. In uh, in my mind, longevity is is critical. Much much more important than getting a lot of money out of one. Uh, you know, just get consistent money out of eight or ten. You you know, you're doing you're doing way better. Exactly. Way wow. better. Um, so but, you, you mentioned. Know, oh, sorry. No, go ahead. Well, I was just kind of not trying to switch gears, but I was just uh, we went through the bulls there, and I was just wanted to let the listeners know if. If uh, Ty, if you have semen available on those bulls, is that for sale? Do they need to contact you with that, or if uh, I've got yeah. some, I've got some semen on Cover Boy. Uh, me and Jerry's got some semen on on Big Tex. I'm uh, probably not gonna collect on nine thirteen, and I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you why. Uh, a lot of times you get this semen flooded out there, and you start selling a bunch, and everybody gets the semen. Um, it can. I feel like you can dilute it. And, and in my mind, I'm probably going to give this about three or four years to get some calves out of him, get some heifers having calves out of him before I ever do anything. I know you got to kind of hit when things are hot, but, but I believe I'm going to go this a little different route with the, the 913 bull. I got you. Yeah. Nothing, nothing wrong with trying that. I want to go you. back real quick to the, to the cows though. We, we were talking about your cows, something that, and, and this is more for folks, maybe newer folks. And I think we've said this before. Something Jared told me one time is sometimes the best cow is maybe one of the not as pretty cows in, in your herd or not as numbered up cows in your herd. Um, don't, do you agree with that, Ty? I, I agree with that 100%. You, I mean, you can, and it, it, it's all, it's all beauties in the eye of the beholder, but we, and that's to me, the foundation cattle, the BBU genetic cattle have a different look. I think y'all would both agree with me on that. Uh, and, but those, those hard, hard doing cattle, you know, a lot of times are, are giving everything that they can to that calf. They might not look like a diamond out there in the pasture, but they're the ones that are 13, 1400 pound cows that are bringing those 800 pound calves up. Uh, and those cows are, are valuable. You know, I, I've, I've got I've got a little old cow that's twelve hundred and and she doesn't really knock it out of the park as far as going to the sales. But every year she'll bring me up a seven fifty eight hundred pound calf. If I had about two hundred of those, you know, I mean, you'd 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 make money, you know. And uh, I, and but like I say, I, I I do believe those those cattle like that that Jared's describing are 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 and you know they're out there. Larry Larimore, who uh, is a dear friend of mine. He'll hold them all. He doesn't care because he he knows that that those some of those that he might not like at the time are going to end up being superstars later. So and I and I've kind of gotten into that practice too. I try to hold everything I've got, even if it doesn't look exactly like I want it to look. That you know around that nine, ten, eleven, twelve month deal, I still try to hold it. You know and just go ahead and let's let's try them on. So, well, that's interesting. Well, uh trying to change your little gears i guess a little bit uh we just wanted to ask you uh i know you're a part of several sales uh you know you can start wherever you want to on those but okay. just kind of sales that you're a part of and where people might see you and and i know a lot of people know you and but there may be your breeders that don't and uh maybe looking for your cattle so what kind of sales are you a part of um i'm part of beef on forage uh we have three sales a year four sales actually have that uh maternal sale in, in not, uh, November. Uh, of course, Texon was in March, uh, the Florida sale being in September. 
uh, and then Brenham uh, being in October. Uh, those are predominantly bull sales uh, that there's one that's a female. We've incorporated a lot of females into those sales in the last few years. Um, I can't say enough about Derek Frenzel. Derek uh, lives and breathes bulls. That's all he does is try to is try to get out and sell bulls. I'll say something about my friend uh, Larry, Mike Moss, Derek Enzer, those guys. They work super hard to try to make that thing work really well uh, and really proud of uh, what we do down there. Uh, I feel like we put out a good product and, um, that the proof is that people come back year in, year out, they might leave us for a year or two, but they always come back. So, uh, in regards to satellite sales, central States, I'm a part of them. I'm actually on the board of central States. Uh, we've got a sale coming up next week. I believe Jared, you, you are bringing something. Uh, yeah. Yep. Yep. So, uh, we've got that coming up next week. Uh, that's a, Really good sale in regards to uh, females, it pairs, breads. Uh, they do really well there. They have one sale a year, um, and it's in Locust Grove, Oklahoma. The SEBA, uh, I'm part of them. We have our sale in late August. Jared's and his father are a big part of that. Um, I really enjoy that because that's really close. There's not a long drive, you know. It's so uh, that I, I enjoy that. And, and to say. While I'm on that subject, what is interesting is uh, since we've moved out of Tunica, there was three sales in West Tennessee last year that just set it on fire. Jerry Thomas's, uh, the SEBA satellite sale, and of course Clark's and Cottage Farm sale, which I, I'm really happy about. They say that, you know, that West Tennessee, we had three really good sales here last year. Uh, and then me and Larry, Larry Moore managed the Arkansas sale, and that'll be September 10th this year. Uh, we do that for free. Uh, we've been members over there forever. I bought my first registered cow out of the Arkansas sale from the Gronas uh, years and years ago. Uh, we um, have a consignment dinner on Thursday. Uh, we do we check the cows in Thursday afternoons and Friday morning. Then we have a grading uh, that afternoon round two. We have a big dinner at Rabbit Ridge. It's a, a farm over there that raises their own beef, chicken and pork uh, off the farm and sell it. Really neat deal. Then we have our sale the next day. And we, we also have a sale just once a year. We do have a field day uh, that we just had a week ago uh, over in Quitman. So uh, we to try to keep everybody engaged uh, you know, on point. So, uh, but those are the main four that I'm involved with. Yeah. It sounds like you're, sounds like you're very involved. I mean, that's, that's a lot of sales in a, in a year to be involved with, and, but that's, that's a good thing. You get to get out and see lots of folks that way. I love all those folks that are at a parts of that, you know, I mean, I wish that I had more time to drive around spots like go see Kendall McKenzie, maybe down in Louisiana or, or, you know, I, I went to Lone Star last year and I was very impressed with what they were doing, you know, and to see Jerry Davis, uh, but they, uh, they really got a, a good thing going on down there. But I, I would, I wish I had more time because it's just exciting to get out here lately especially and see how good these sales are doing you know everybody's kind of animated right now and I, I feel like we're on the edge of something good yeah I, I, I feel i feel feel the same way um, yeah. all right so uh switching some gears again i guess uh, uh 
uh, you're on some BBU committees. So uh, could you describe kind of what you're doing there as far as what committees you're on? Yes, sir. Uh, I'm on the BBU board, the national board, and I'm actually on a few committees. I'm over the membership committee. I'm on long range advertising and seed stock marketing. Um, in regards to membership, I think it would be, y'all probably don't realize this, but we lose approximately, and this, is, this isn't just a beef master problem. This is a registered business problem. Uh, you lose about 500 members a year that you have to retrieve. And we're on about a fifth year of growth. So to let you, if you can get that in your mind that we have got to, we've got to lose 500, we've got to make that up. And then plus each year, uh, the, the restroom breeder is about three or four years is where, is where you're at. If somebody stays in the restroom business, uh, which I find interesting. And I will, we'll get to that in a minute. Some of my thoughts on why that is, but our big goal last year and this year has been membership retention, not so much going out and having to grab new people to make up those numbers. We've tried to get on the phone, call people up, ask them why you are, are not, you know, uh, joining back up. And you're going to get some, I'm retiring, you know, someone passed away, uh, just, you know, wanted to go another direction, name your scenario. It used to be angry calls. You'd get when you'd call somebody, they'd be angry at you. But now, you know, it's not so much. You know, it's it's really been positive the last few years. You you get some good information back, and you'll remind some people, and they say, "Oh man, I forgot to send that in." Uh, and so, that's that's kind of been our goal is to just retain what we have, so we don't have those big numbers to have to overcome. Uh, right now, we're sitting at about seventeen hundred actives between juniors. Uh, lifetimes the whole ball of wax we're probably at about 3500 uh but like 1700 actives right now i text kylie this morning and that was a number today so uh, and the seed stock marketing committee that Laramore and uh Alyssa lissy uh chair they've actually probably been as active as anybody has they have really been pushing uh, these standards for these satellites and the marketing groups in regards to pushing the envelope and getting better in regards to performance and quality. They're pretty much challenging people to say like, well, can you maybe ask people to have winning weights this year or maybe do yearling weights? As, as you know, Jared, last year with SEBA, SEBA turned the crank a little bit. And if you consigned to the futurity, you had to sell, which they hadn't done in the past. And then they put all kinds of rules in place. I think, uh, you had to have DNA, you had to have weaning weight, you had to have this, you had to have that, but it was really, it, it, it paid dividends. I mean, it, it ended up working out. Central states in Arkansas right now have uh, where you have to have scan data, yearling weight, weaning weights on your opens, breads, and bulls. So, uh, you know, Lone Star's got some in place. Louisiana just put some in place. I know, uh, you know, Live Oak has done great work in the last uh, year in regards to their bull sale. Uh, they put a lot of things in place. And, and uh, I do think that we're moving in the right direction. And like I say, that's a lot of that's Laramore and, and Alyssa and their committee working real hard. Um, I'm a member of advertising, Robert Scott's over that one. Uh, and we're responsible for where we're going to allocate that money in regards to trying to generate um interest in in the in the breed we've got several programs and, and as y'all know 
things are changing where it's not so much, you know, the cowman does well for us, pay weight does well for us. But outside of that, you know, a lot of that is, is driven towards Facebook and um, email blast and things like that. Uh, we've got several programs like the, that co-op program where you can, you like y'all, uh, a satellite or a, uh, marketing group could call up and get almost, uh, you could get 40% of your bill paid on your advertising, uh, towards your sale. It, but they'll have, they kind of give you the ads and the criteria, but, but there is a co-op program that maybe you will pay some money and pick up some things like that. And I, I think we don't do a great job as an organization of getting those things kind of out to where people know about it, but we're trying to do a lot better with that. Um, then long range, Derek Thompson's over that. Uh, that's basically trying to look ahead to look in the crystal ball and see what we're needing to do to kind of stay caught up with the times and, and, and make some moves, you know, building towards the future. Um, so, and that's very important for us right now is because I, like I said, there's a bunch of things going on that are exciting going to come up in the next year in regards to BBU, but we are, uh, I can assure you, we're trying very hard to, to, to help our uh, members and, and to push forward in the beef industry. Good deal. That's some, uh, that's some really good information. I'd like to talk a little more about some of them, if you're okay with that, just a little more in depth, maybe, you know, sure. talking about long range, it, I, I, that's important really in any business, I think wherever you look at, because if you're not staying ahead of the curve, you're falling behind in today's world. That's right. And if you're not in the lead, the view never changes. Isn't that right? So it. uh, it's kind of the deal. The, the thing of it is, is we have to realize where we're at as far as a, as a breed, in, in my opinion. And once again, disclaimer, I'd like to, I, I should have done this at the very beginning, but anything that I say, this is all Taiji. If I have to vote for stuff that in regards to the whole, it might not be the same thing. But any, don't don't call and, and and let anybody maybe you have it tomorrow for anything I've said. This is all strictly me. So, uh, but in in regards to long range, you know, with let's with grain prices, fertilizer, hay, just everything just going wackadoo like it has. You know, we are lucky that we have feed efficient cattle. You know, the buzzword is sustainability, you know, so who has more sustainable cattle than, than beef masters? I mean, in my mind, we're in a great position to push, push that, you know, because, you know, it's, it's gotten, it's gotten rough out here all of a sudden, you know, and I don't know about y'all guys, but I don't see it changing anytime soon. I've listened to several people talk about corn you know, you think about it, we're one bad corn crop away from, you know, something that is just not, it's, it's been a really bad situation. So I think that raising beef master cattle right now make all kinds of sense, especially crossing the beef master cattle. You know, you're going to end up with a animal that, that can, that can make it, you know, in, in a, in a bad situation. And then right now that that's looking pretty good to me, you know, so, uh, anyways but that long range you're correct we, we've got to look ahead of the future uh to make sure that we get ahead of ahead of the rest of these there's no reason that we're not the king of the eared breeds and that's what we need to we need to work on we need to work on taking our market share uh more market share from brangus and charlay and the other eared breeds because we've got the best product so i agree i agree yeah. with you 
I might be partial, but I agree with you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, and, and kind of going back to the membership, you know, there, I think in the, I think it was last month's Calvin, there was a list a mile long of new breeders you're, you're talking about. Absolutely. And Absolutely. it's, it's, it's very encouraging to see that, uh, just to see everything growing. Well, and, and you know, and in regards to that, and let's let's back up for a second. And we'll talk about membership. You know, in my mind, that's that's what we might be deficient on as well, in regards to to new members. Um, a lot of times, we don't. They end up getting in a situation where they come in hard and heavy, and a lot of times, these guys are younger commercial guys and and things like that. They get in, they come in hard and they get disenfranchised with what's going on uh, and then they're out, you know, as quick as they came in. I think it's critical, just the education part of it and making sure that somebody grabs these people by the hand and not be self-serving, but look at the big picture and, and go like, hey, we want you around 10, 15, 20 years from now. We want to teach you as fast as we can the 101 of, of the beef master breed and, and not try to, you know, they, I feel like a lot of these guys get gutted, you know, right off the bat. And then once they do, they're, they're over it, you know. So we've got to educate these, these people, uh, young and old, when they get into the breed and, and let them know that there is help available, you know, get them to, to BBU and, and, and let, them, let them talk to them, school them a little bit, try to let, teach them to get up with a breeder that's been around for a while you know, and, and somebody that's reputable and, uh, and will help them and not try to just get in their pocket. Um, but I, I do think that's critical. Yeah, I think so too. I I think you're exactly right. And that's probably the best way to explain it. I don't always like to put people on the spot, but I always like like to ask two questions. It's not too, not too in depth, but I do like to ask. So as far as new breeders, what, what is one piece of advice you would give to a new breeder? Man, that's that's a tough one, and I was thinking about that earlier today. If uh, I was, and I actually threw y'all two in the pot, and I threw six other guys in the pot, and I was, and y'all were all different, and uh, I was thinking about that. I, in my mind, if I had it all to do over again, I'd say, in coming from the commercial end of it, I would have slowed down and took a deep breath. I had gone and gotten some beef master bulls fell in love with them and then all of a sudden started selling three good commercial cows to go buy one registered cow that wasn't as good as one of my commercial cows i was 28 i guess and i really didn't look for any guidance i thought i knew pretty much everything as it was so uh, that was a little bit of my problem you know and, and uh i think if i would have had somebody that's going back to what i was saying a minute ago if i'd have had somebody to help me kind of keep me through the pitfalls of this because I ended up with a whole lot of problems and my commercial herd gone basically with some cattle that wasn't as good as what I had. Uh, so I would tell people a new breeder to slow down. AI gets you there pretty quick. You know, I would say AI more. Um, and I would, uh, and, and, and I would try not to get in such a hurry. Uh, I know everybody wants to get to the finish line super quick, uh, but but it's not, you know, it's, you don't have to do it right then. And you should try to compete with yourself. Don't don't get so worried about all the, you know, the noise around you. Just try to uh, compete with yourself 
get better than you were the year before. And it'll come. I mean, it'll, it'll come. I, I mean, if I, if, if literally if I had to do it again and I knew what I knew now, I would have probably done the upgrading program and I would have started that way. And I just would have took the bulls, done the A6s, the second crosses and gone that route. Now that I'm where I'm at, you know, I wouldn't trade it for the world, but it took forever, you know, and several mistakes to, to get to this point. Um, so, and, you know, here I am again, you know, with all these females out of these good bulls, I'm fixing to have to make a choice and find a good bull to go on top of them, you know, and I might make a mistake. I might not, but let's, uh, you know, but it's, it's all, um, uh, trial and error, man. And you try to make good decisions and, and pick things that are, you know, the work with your herd. And, uh, and once again, I, I think, I think it goes back to longevity, uh, sustainability, you know, you've got to do what works for you and don't worry about what everybody else is doing. Do what's best for you. Yeah. I think that's, that's really good advice. I mean, it's a long-term game and if you get on the wrong track midway or early on, you got to turn that bus all the way around. And, and, uh, that sounds like some really good advice. The slow and steady sometimes is, is what wins the, wins the marathon. That's right. And, and, you know, and the thing of it is, is just like, Hey, I, I don't, I don't use that. I don't use that as much as I should. You know, I, uh, that bull that, um, um, uh, Corey Hines has that, that red bone bull. I've, you know, I've sat here and told myself, you know, I, I should be, I should be AI into that bull, but you know, as, uh, but I hadn't, you know, got all these goofy traits and, and I, I've, I've sat there and tell myself to do it, tell myself to do it. And I hadn't, and that I, I'm, I'm kicking myself cause I feel like I should have got out on the front end of that deal. But I do think AI gives you the best chance to win as far as a new breeder to get you the biggest results, you know, it didn't, as far as is is you know, short term still though, it's a marathon and you've got to pace yourself and know your limitations and what you, what you're capable of and you can't, you can and you can't do. Uh, and once again, I, I, I do think that that's critical to helping these people stay in the breed. We don't want these people to leave. We want them to stay in, you know, and because if we, the more tentacles we have out in the, in the cattle industry, you know, the, the better we are, you know. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Going back to, like you mentioned, the AI thing, especially being a new breeder, that's a good way to get your hands on some really high-end genetics for a lot cheaper price, you know, and, and do a lot with it, you know. Exactly. And uh, but I guess kind of leading into the next question here towards the end, and you've kind of been leading into it really the whole night, but we wanted to uh, – I respect your opinion a lot, and I wanted to see what you thought. But what can we do as a breed – whole what what can we do to make the breed breed the beast master breed better breed wide as a group as collectively i guess well and that's the and that's the 20 dollars question the uh my, <laughs> my my thinking is is you uh, one the one big obstacle is uh uniformity i think uniformity is a big problem with us, but of course we're a composite breed and, and that might continue to be an issue. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I do believe that, you know, they, we let them do that to us. We, we all know that a, that a paint calf and a dun calf and a red calf and a, a motley face calf all out of the same sire out of your herd and pop a paint, that paint's probably going to ultrasound the same as those others, but we've let them, dictate that to us years ago to where that was just an excuse to screw us out of those calves. 
but here we are. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, here, here we are. So, so in we in this part of the world, we, me and you both know what they do to those calves. They will dock the fire out of you. And some guy that forgot more than you ever knew will tell you that it might have some longhorn or caranta in it and you, they'll take your calf so they can get a load up and send it off and make the money, you know? So, I mean, that's where we're at. So, I always you know, ask. I always, always wanted to ask them, "Have you ever seen a longhorn with that much muscle before?" Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. So, so that's the thing. So, I mean, they're you know they're just trying to get a pot up, you know, to make the money. So, so, anyways, but what, what, but we're here, you know. So, you know, me personally, uh, a mott and a blaze face and a white face and a dun don't bother me one bit. I don't care. I can sell them. I can sell bulls like that, and they're. You know, I, that doesn't bother me any. I, I try to stay away from the paint cattle. Now, there's people that have niches, and they sell those cattle still, and for big money. You know, and and, and I, you know, I'm glad for them. I, I think that's a a, a hurdle for us, though. And they're going to use that to to uh, hurt us. You know, in in the in the in as far as the sale barns. That then that's another thing we've got to we've got to all try to get away from those cell barns. I mean that, you know, we've got to not let them have those cattle. They, they just can't have them. And we've got to figure out other avenues. I know uh, Derek Thompson and then feed cattle up there for started for a lot of our guys now, you know, I know Skelton's been feeding cattle up there forever. I know Justin sends cattle, uh, but I, I do think we've got to, we've got to get away from those barns and then and show people what our cattle can do. Um, I also feel like, well, big problem is is we're almost like five breeds inside a breed when i say there's five different breeds within a breed i think if people started using each other's cattle like they've done that i believe that you're getting a little bit of shot of hybrid bigger uh and people are understanding the uh need to do that with each other's cattle you know that if this guy Go looks over here and says, "Well, I might breed some of those foundation heifers, you know, and grab a couple, and they get some, they get some progress in their herd and push forward." Then, you know, this guy says, "I'm gonna buy this BBU bull." You know, I've been in, um, I've been in sales before, and then and somebody not know me, and they would call the somebody had to have a pedigreed animal, and, it, and the one I'm thinking about right now, it had a named bull that like a BBU bull and on the bottom it had a foundation bull and they called the top hot and the bottom cold. They were saying that the foundation uh, was cold. And I thought, you know, that's crazy to me to think that they won't even look at that or maybe they just don't know the numbers or they don't know this, that, and the other. And it's the same with the foundation guys. A lot of times they won't, you know, if it's something that's pedigree, it's got a name and this, that, and other, they won't breed it. And I, I feel like we've all got to figure out how to utilize each other's stuff to, to make us better. Cause I, I do think there's a lot to be said about crossing these cattle in and out. Uh, and once again, if we can all just get together and start pushing forward, uh, there's no reason that beef masters cannot be the king of the air breeds. I, I know the, uh, Angus thing. I don't worry about that anymore. I mean, CAB that you don't have to even have to be an Angus cow to be in the CAB program. Uh, so it, but it is what it is you know it's it's the coca-cola of the cattle industry and, and that's that's the thing i mean it's it they have done a great marketing job but they can't do what we do so i mean we we've gotta we've gotta get in our lane know what we're good at excel in it and and take more market share because we're we're at that point where if we need to put out more quality bulls that's that's it 
we've got to recognize what the commercial cattle industry wants from us and we need to push that you know that's that's basically what a restaurant guys here for they're here to serve the commercial cowman and we've got to figure out how to push the envelope on that and take more market share yeah i agree and there is a lot of demand for our bulls right now i mean with all the bull sales and all the money that these bull sales are bringing i mean there's demand all over the nation for them right now there is and and you know and not to downplay the bulls, but but on some of these elite sales, you know, some of these people are, are not getting the, a bull, you know, and that's concerning to me too. It's great to sell the, the five, six, seven, eight, $10,000 bulls, but a lot of these people are coming to these sales and they're leaving with no bull. And, and that's, that, that's concerning because that just, we don't have enough bulls out there. We don't have enough quality bulls out there to service these people. And they come and they go like, I can't buy a $10,000 bull, you know, and they, and they leave, you know, and uh, that's something else to think about too. And I know none of us want to acknowledge that because we don't want to be the guy to sell the $3,000 bull, but it, it is something to think about. You know, we, we need more quality bulls out there uh, and we need them out there soon, you know, but you can't flood the market with junk either. You know, you have to give them something good or we'll just lose a customer forever. You know, so and that goes back to those uh sorry Jared, that goes back to those females there that you were talking about earlier. It all goes back to the mamas. Yeah. And then that's the thing. And hey, and I'm glad you said that. We we can't lose our soul. We we we've got to realize that we're a maternal breed and we need to keep pressing on this carcass and, and ultrasound and, and everything we're doing in, in the in the performance, but we can't ever forget what got us to the dance and that's we are a maternal breed and and that's the reason these guys come and want these cattle to have these good replacement heifers uh and the, and to push those scales down at the uh at the sales as well but they want those replacement females you can't keep a six i mean you know they've just become so sought after but that's that's what we've got to we've got to hang our hat on that that we're a maternal breed and and we need to never forget that that's a true statement right there. And kind of going back to what you were saying about the bulls, you know, you get those guys there that's probably been buying an Angus bull for $2,500 or $3,000 from their neighbor down the road. And But if you get them to buy, if you sell some of them three good $3,000 bulls, they may see the value in them. And the next time they come to sell them a new one, they may be willing to pay that five or six. Exactly. Thousand. Exactly. And that's kind of the, my mind frame on my mindset on that is, you know, we've got to somehow get more good bulls out there so these guys can get them and you know get them because there's just not a lot if you you think about it guys it's just you've got probably i mean uh 1200 sell at public auction probably i mean uh, in our sales you know as far as beef yeah. sales maybe 12 i hadn't really counted but I, I bet just going into my head here that's probably close know, yeah, Beef on Forge and Next Gen and Live Oak and, and uh, Red River and Southern Plains and OHOA and uh, Emmons. And, uh, you know, you, you've got all them guys. It's probably about 1,200, you know. So uh, that's not a lot of bulls, you know, in the grand scheme of things, you know. So uh, um, even if it's 1,500, that's not a lot of bulls. We, we need to, we, you know, we need to quit bashing on each other and we need to worry about getting more bulls out there and finding more people to buy those bulls. So, and we'd all, and we'd all be good. You know, if the, if the money gets better and everybody's making money, it, it, it solves a lot of problems. That's a true story. Yeah. (laughs) That's, that's probably the most true thing. I mean, you've said, not, not that you said anything untrue, but that is, uh, that is the statement of the night right there. Yes, sir. It, it, it fixes a lot of woes. So. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Ty, I really, really appreciate you coming on tonight. Can it can folks, if they want to, can they call you, talk to you about cattle? Uh Man, so that's the big thing about this deal, uh, is is as far as the beef masters. I, I mean, I, I love the people, man. And, and I'm, I mean this with all my heart, I'm, I'm accessible to anybody. If I don't know you, or if I do know you, or if you got a question that you don't want to ask out on a public forum, or you don't want to do this. And if I don't know the answer, I'll find out, but I'll do my best to answer you, but you can, you can more than welcome to call me. There's not, there's not a time that I won't, you know, take these calls. And if I don't take a call and think it's spam or something, just text me and just say, hey, man, you know, it's so-and-so, and I want to ask you a question uh, because that's what I'm here for. I signed on to serve for three years, and, and, I, and I intend, to, you know, to take on all comers. And, and if you've, you've got a question, fire. If you're mad at me, call. I don't care. I'll, I'll, I'll talk to you. So, uh, But just like I say, I, I'm accessible. So if anybody wants to ask anything, call anytime. Awesome. Perfect. And, uh, before we go, there is a few sales that I want to, uh, make sure everybody knows about. Uh, obviously the first one is May 14th, uh, central States. We just talked about that one a little bit ago, uh, in Locust Grove, Oklahoma. Uh, that'll be a good yes. sale to watch. It'll be on DV auction. Is that correct? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Okay. Perfect. Uh, May 21st is swinging B and friends sale in Slato, Texas. Uh, also May 21st is red river performance group heifer sale in Paris, Texas. Uh, and then the rounding out May is going to be May 28th, the Southern Alliance Beefmaster marketing group sale in Coleman, Alabama. So still a few sales left for the month. Um, probably be some, some pretty good sales too. So, uh, Ty, we really, really appreciate you coming on. This was a blast. Um, hopefully we'll have you on another time too. Man, you don't call me anytime. I'm not quite as polished as your other speakers, but I did my best. I like it. I like it. I'm not either. So I'm not either. So we're in good shape. Yeah, I, okay. I thought you did. I thought you did a great job. I, I, I really tried my best it. for y'all guys, man. And hey, I tell y'all that y'all, y'all or y'all too. I can think of Corey and and Adam up there in the Carolinas. I, I can think of my two guys over here, Matt and Nick, that raise uh, commercial cows. Young guys, you know. Y'all are y'all are what this this thing's going you know go to in the next few years, and y'all are going to be the leadership. And y'all need to be doing things right now to to you know push forward as well, you know, and and uh, because we're we're going to be counting on y'all to lead us on into the future. We'll try, Jared. I don't know if yes, that's sir. scary or exciting. I don't know which yeah. one of the two that is. <laughs> yeah. We'll see how it goes, I guess. Yes, sir. <laughs> that's it. But yeah. as always, folks, like, share, comment, subscribe, um, like us on Facebook. We're actually going to be on YouTube here pretty quick. Um, we're trying to expand into, into different platforms. So if you don't have the certain platforms we're on now, um, you can start finding us on YouTube. So um, as always, we thank you and we'll see you on the next episode. Thanks guys. Thank, thank you. I appreciate y'all having me.